2 Timothy chapter 3, and let's just read from verse 14 as we begin. It says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> let's give our time to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you. Once again, Lord, that we can be here and gather around your word. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, speak to each of our hearts this morning, teach us, instruct us, uh, refresh us through your word. Lord, I pray that you would empower me now through the Spirit, and that, Lord, you would give me the, the words to say, give me wisdom now, and that, Lord, you would be honoured and glorified as we consider your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, today is Mother's Day, which is why we're not in the, the book of Genesis. We're doing something a bit different. You know, I thought this morning we'd, we'd look at a, a, an example in the Word of God of a godly mother and a godly grandmother and their influence that they had upon young Timothy. Now, this section here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 begins uh, with Paul warning Timothy about the fact that men are going to wax worse and worse. In verse 13, it says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So he begins this, this section talking about the, the opposition that's going to come, the opposition that Timothy is going to face, and indeed the opposition that we face. You know, Paul had spoken just before this about the, the persecution, the opposition that he himself had faced. Just look back in verse 10. <clears throat> in verse 10 it says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, <coughs> excuse me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so Paul he talked about the persecution, the opposition that he faced as he went around preaching and teaching the Word of God. You know, he faced this opposition, but Paul understood that this was part of being a believer. I mean, that's what he says there in verse 12. He says, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He knew this was part of the Christian life, suffering persecution, opposition. He knew this was a reality that not only he would face, but Timothy would face, and indeed that we would face. And especially as men waxed worse and worse. And Paul labels these men here in verse 13, he labels them evil men and seducers. He calls them seducers who are seeking to deceive. Okay, it says at the end of verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being Deceived. They're seducers, seeking to deceive. They're seeking to lead people away from the truth, seeking to pervert the truth. And this perversion of the truth is only going to get worse as we approach the return of Christ. And indeed, we're seeing that, aren't we? This perversion of the truth, this deception. And knowing the danger that these evil men, these seducers posed to the truth, Paul exhorted Timothy here to continue in or remain steadfast in the things which he had been taught. Look in verse 14. It says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, 
knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Paul exhorts Timothy to remain steadfast in these things which he had learned, these things which he had been taught. And it's clear from the start of verse 15 there that this teaching importantly began when he was a child. It began when he was a young child. He was taught these things that he's now to stand upon, that he's to hold firm in. And from chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, we learn that it was his mother and grandmother who had taught him faithfully as a child. Just go back there, chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. And so Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother Eunice, these were godly women and they had instructed young Timothy. They brought him up knowing the word of God. In verse 15 there, it tells us that they taught him the holy scriptures. It says, and that from a child that was known the Holy Scriptures. He's brought up knowing the Word of God. This is what they taught him. In Acts chapter 16, it tells us that Timothy's uh, mother was a godly Jew, but his father was a Greek. And we won't bother going there and reading it. But basically the implication is that his father wasn't saved. Nowhere do we read of his father getting saved or being a believer. And so it seems that his mother had to perform this responsibility without her husband's aid. And she carried out this duty faithfully, ensuring that young Timothy had a solid foundation in the Word of God, in the Holy Scriptures. And it's this teaching, this foundation that Paul tells Timothy here to continue in, to stand firm upon, to remain firm upon in the face of these evil men and seducers. And in the rest of verse 15 down to verse 17, Paul now outlines for us why it is that this teaching, this foundation is so important. Indeed, why it's so important for us as parents today to give our children this solid foundation in the Word of God. And so first of all here we see the Scriptures lead to salvation. The Scriptures lead to to salvation. Verse 15 again it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Paul begins here by reminding Timothy that this solid foundation in the Word of God had made him wise unto salvation. You see, this upbringing in the Word of God had made him wise to both his need of salvation and to the means of salvation, the way of salvation. This knowledge of the Scriptures had led him to Christ, had it led him to accept Christ. Now, for Timothy, this was a knowledge of the Old Testament Scriptures. I mean, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. And so he was brought up as a Jew knowing the Old Testament Scriptures. But this knowledge of the Old Testament had prepared him to recognize his Messiah, had prepared him to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ when he came and to believe. And the indication is that he received Christ under the preaching of the Apostle Paul. Go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy 1 and verse 2. 
It says, Under Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from, our, from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says that Timothy was his own son in the faith. In other words, Timothy was converted under his ministry. Under his ministry, as he went around preaching and teaching, he was converted. And so Timothy received Christ under the preaching of the Apostle Paul, but it was the teaching in the Old Testament by his mother and his grandmother, that upbringing that laid the foundation so that Timothy would accept Christ, that he would recognize and accept the Messiah when he heard the message preached by the Apostle Paul. You see, his knowledge of the Old Testament made him wise unto salvation. You see, the point is that as parents, it's so important, and grandmothers, you know, for our, and grandfathers, for our grandchildren too, it's so important that from an early age we teach them the Word of God. We teach our children the Holy Scriptures. That we bring them up on a diet of God's Word. That we maintain family devotions. That we teach them to memorize the Scriptures. Hide God's Word in their hearts. Because you see, the Word of God will make them wise unto salvation. Now, the Word of God does this because the Word of God reveals both our need and the way of salvation, doesn't it? It reveals both our need and indeed the way. <clears throat> Excuse me. You see, it's the Word of God that will reveal to our children, just like anybody else, that they are a sinner that they're lost, that they're, they're dying, they're on their way to hell, separated from God for all eternity. It's the Word of God that will reveal that truth unto them. It's the Word of God that will reveal to them what sin is. You know, that sin is anything that's against the character of God. It goes against His holiness. You see, our children need to see that their actions are sin, not just that they're naughty, they need to see that, that it's sin, it's against God. And they need to see that they're included when God's word declares in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They need to understand that that's talking about them. And when Romans 3, verse 10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. They understand that that's talking about them. And as the word of God then reveals to them their sin, that they're a sinner before God, the Holy Spirit then can convict their hearts and show them the way of salvation, their need of a Savior. And it's the Word of God that reveals God's wonderful, glorious plan of salvation, isn't it? You know, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Word of God reveals God's plan of salvation. And so the point is, we must take time to teach our children God's Word, to lay this solid foundation, teaching them the whole of the Word of God too, from creation right through Revelation, creation through to Christ and the cross, His death, burial, His resurrection, teaching them the whole counsel of God so they might have that strong foundation so that they might come to the Lord in faith. Now, we cannot force our children to get saved, can we? We can't force it. And we can't guarantee they'll get saved either. They have to make a choice. They have a free will, don't they? But beloved, we can do everything in our power to make sure they have that solid foundation in the Word of God, that they've been taught the Holy Scriptures so that they might get saved. 
You see, the scriptures will make them wise unto salvation. We see secondly here that, that this foundation of the scriptures is important because the scriptures are profitable. The scriptures are profitable. Look in verse 16. In verse 16 it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, teaching our children the truths of God's word is not only important because it will make them wise unto salvation, but we also see that God's word is profitable for their ongoing Christian walk, isn't it? It's profitable for our ongoing Christian walk. You see, salvation, of course, is just the very beginning of the Christian life, isn't it? It's just the start. It's the starting points. Now, our job is not over when our children get saved. That's a wonderful, glorious day. But that doesn't mean that our job is done. That doesn't mean that we are no longer concerned now with teaching them the Scriptures. You see, the Scriptures, this foundation that we are laying is profitable for their sanctification. It's profitable for their daily walk. And in verse 16, Paul lists for us here four things that the Word of God is profitable for. Let's just read it again. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Paul tells Timothy that the the Scriptures, because it is the inspired Word of God, the God-breathed, scriptures because it is the inspired word of god god's word is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction and instruction in righteousness now let's just quickly look at each of these four briefly firstly paul tells timothy that the word of god is profitable for doctrine now what doctrine there speaks of teaching okay the teaching of god's word god's truth you see all that mankind needs to know about God's truth, God's revelation to man is revealed to us in the Word of God. Everything that we need to know, the doctrine of God is contained in the Word of God. That's where we find these truths. Commentator Gill writes this, that God's Word is profitable for the discovering, illustrating, and confirming any doctrine concerning God, the being, persons, and perfections of God, concerning the creation and fall of man, concerning the person and offices of Christ, redemption by Him, justification by His righteousness, pardon by His blood, reconciliation and atonement by His sacrifice and eternal life through Him. You see, the point is, the Word of God contains all that God wants us to know. It is God's truth, God's revelation to man. All the doctrines are contained in God's Word. So we're teaching our children the Word of God. We're giving them this firm, solid foundation to stand upon. But teaching them the Word of God, we're giving our children the tools to recognize error, aren't we? We're giving them the tools to recognize false teaching, to know what is truth and know what is error. You know, we're giving them the tools to identify those evil men and seducers that Paul talks about in verse 13. It says in verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're giving our children the tools to recognize those evil men, to recognize those seducers, to recognize that deception, 
and to stand firm against it. Beloved, if we don't teach our children the truths of God's word, how can we expect them to stand upon God's word? It's not going to happen. We have to teach them. We have to spend that time teaching them God's word so they might know the doctrine of God's word and not be led about with every wind of doctrine that comes along. Secondly, we're told that it's profitable for reproof and correction. You know, reproof, of course, speaks about dealing with error, you know, reproving, correcting. Reproof speaks about dealing with error. Just as God's word teaches us truth, doctrine, it also reveals to us error, doesn't it? It reveals to us error. It rebukes both in our lives and in the lives of others. It rebukes sin, rebukes error. And so as we teach our children the word of God, it means that their sin, their error, will be exposed and revealed unto them. Because God's word will reveal it to them, will show it to them. Now the Holy Spirit can then take the word of God and the word of God and sorry, and use it to rebuke them, to correct them. And that's the next word there, isn't it? Okay, it's profitable for reproof, for correction. Correction. You see, not only does it expose and rebuke sin and error, but the word of God then is valuable in correcting our path, correcting us, bringing us back to the truth, setting straight again those who have stumbled, those who have fallen. Commentator Kent writes this, the word provides the means whereby sinners may be restored to God and may be set apart from sin to him. The word of God provides the means whereby sinners are restored to God. It corrects us, rebukes our sin, and then corrects us, restores us to the right path to fellowship with him. In John 17, 17, Christ declares, he says, but sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God sanctifies us, doesn't it? It sanctifies us. It corrects us. In Hebrews 4, verse 12, the word of God is likened to a two-edged sword. Let's just turn there. We know this verse. Hebrews, chapter 4. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. The word of God is like a two-edged sword. It divides even to the thoughts and intents of the heart. It shows us our hearts, reveals our sin, and corrects us. You see, the point is that It is God's Word that does this work in our hearts. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to correct us, to sanctify us, to bring us back again to the right path. And beloved, this is valuable in not only our lives, but in the lives of our children. It's valuable in their lives. You see, if our children know the Word of God, then when they stray, the Spirit can use the Word of God to rebuke them. The Spirit can use the Word of God to correct them. See, a strong foundation in the Word of God will help our children to stay on the straight and narrow. And then lastly, here we're told that it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. A strong foundation in the Word of God will help our children to walk in righteousness. Walk in the right path. 
The commentator Kent again writes, it not only shows men their faults and restores them to the right path, but it also helps them walk in that path. It shows us our fault, it corrects us, and it helps us to walk that path, to walk in righteousness each day. And so it's the word of God that will help our children to honor the Lord with their lives. It will help our children to walk in righteousness. It will help our children to have godly morals. Now, it's so important that our children are able to say that I don't do this because God's word says so. I don't do this because God tells me not to. If they're just saying because mum and dad say I shouldn't do it, that's a problem, isn't it? They need to know God's word and they need to know for themselves what God's word says so they can stand upon it, have convictions that are their own. As David declares in Psalm 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's the word of God that instructs us in righteousness. It's the word of God that instructs our children in righteousness. You see, all four of these, you know, the scriptures is profitable for all four. Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. The Word of God will help our children to live a sanctified Christian life. If we want our children to grow up and to live a godly life, then we must train them in the Word of God. Must give them that strong, firm foundation. Proverbs 22, let's just turn there. Proverbs 22. In Proverbs 22 and verse 6, another verse we, I'm sure we know well, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, we're told to train our children in the way they should go, educate them in the way they should go. Well, the way they should go is the Word of God. Train them in the way they should go, and the, the, the trust is that God willing, when they're old enough to make their own decision, they won't depart from it. That's the, that's the faith there, isn't it? That we train them the way they should go, and when they're old enough to make their own decision, by God's grace, they'll obey the Word of God. They won't depart from it. But we have to do our part, don't we? Teach them the Word of God. Lay that firm foundation in the Word so they might be wise unto salvation, and so they might have the tools to live a sanctified Christian life. And then lastly, we're told that this foundation in the Scriptures is important because it will equip them for service. The Scriptures equip for service. Go back there to 2 Timothy 3, verse 17. It says, That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Paul concludes this section by telling us that the Word of God equips us for service. Now, two words are important here for us to understand. The word perfect and the word furnished. The word translated perfect here means complete, in fit shape, in fit condition. And so it's not talking about being perfect in the sense of being sinless, there's no faults. It's perfect in the sense of being complete, being fitted for use. Fit for use by God. And the second word, furnished, has a similar meaning. It means being equipped. For service. Okay, it speaks of being equipped for service, having everything you need. 
You see, it's the Word of God that accomplishes this in our lives. It's the Word of God that makes us perfect, complete, in fit shape to be used by God. It furnishes us to be used in His service. The commentator Wearsby writes, The Word of God furnishes and equips a believer so that he can live a life that pleases God and do the work that God wants him to do. The better we know the Word, the better we are able to live and work for God. See, the truth is that as we teach our children the Word of God, it's preparing them. Preparing them and equipping them to serve God one day. Serve God as their children, but as they get older. You know, God has a plan for their life. And we don't know what that is. We don't know what God's going to call our children to do. But we can prepare them, can't we? We can prepare them for that service, for that ministry, that area that God wants to use them in. We can prepare them by teaching them the Word of God. Laying a firm foundation for them. You know, Paul began this section by warning Timothy of these evil men and seducers who wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And in the face of this opposition, Timothy was told, continue in the things which thou hast learned. Remain firm upon the foundation that he had been taught as a child. The foundation of the Holy Scriptures which made him wise unto salvation. The foundation which had given him the tools to live a sanctified Christian life. And indeed it equipped him for service. And the foundation, of course, is the Word of God. The Holy Scriptures. And beloved, you know, our children are going to face much opposition, aren't they? It's getting worse. There is so much opposition to the faith, to the truth. It's getting worse all the time. And if our children are going to survive, then we have to do our job as parents, don't we? We have to teach them the Word of God. We have to lay that firm foundation for them so that they might then continue in the things that they have learned. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Now, Lord, may you help us all as parents and, and grandparents, and Lord, indeed, the young people here as well, help us, Lord, to learn from your word this morning the great importance of the, the Holy Scriptures. Lord, may you help us to teach our children, lay this firm foundation for them. May our children, Lord, remain firm upon that foundation and stand firm for you in the years to come as we face much opposition to the truth. Lord, may you bless now as we close and commit these things to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.